Hello and welcome to the Kane Violation. I'm your host, Sam Kane. We lost a legend in the past week. I guess it's been a little over a week at this point. But uh, I know we usually talk about basketball. But I really like this uh, comedian a lot. Norm MacDonald's, who I'm referring to, he passed away... He had, uh, sounds like he had leukemia for nine years, didn't tell anyone about it, but, uh, super bummed. This was very unexpected, and, uh, he, uh, he, he was so damn funny, let me tell you, the, uh, yeah, you can go on, on YouTube, see all his clips and everything, there, there was an old YouTube video that was, uh, it was just called, like, The Best of Norm MacDonald. This was the earlier days of YouTube where, um, you know, there was obviously not as much out there. But um, there was there was just a compilation. It was like a, a 10, maybe 15-minute compilation of Norm MacDonald's clips on talk shows It. uh... It had him on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. It had him on The View in the late 90s. And uh, it had the infamous Cohen O'Brien interview um, with uh, Courtney Thorne-Smith. And that that's where I first saw this stuff. It's where I, I mean, I knew... I first saw Norm and Billy Madison as a kid. I didn't really know who he was, though. And, uh, then I saw Dirty Work on, like, USA a couple years later, and I was like, hey, it's a guy from Billy Madison. Then I got into the history of SNL and, uh, you know, learned a, a bit more about Norm. He was, a uh, Weekend Update anchor. Had, uh, had some legendary jokes on there. Even some really funny sketches as well. Um... And then uh, I I started, like, renting Dirty Work a lot on VHS. So, yeah, this is, like, early 2000s I'm doing this. And I was just like, this movie is so damn funny. Like, it's, it's like, scene after scene just hits so hard. Like, it's, it's hilarious. And, uh... It's it was one of those movies I I would show all my friends because most of them just didn't know about it. It didn't do well at the box office, but it had so many different comedians from all kinds of eras in it. Don Rickles, Chevy Chase, um, Chris Farley's in it, Adam Sandler. Um, so many funny people in the movie. It's directed by Bob Saget. Super random, I know. Um, and uh it was it was just great um it was just so rewatchable i still have the dvd i can see it on my shelf right now really need to watch it again um some people didn't get it though i'd show it to some people and they were just like uh okay <laughs> whatever not everyone got norm. That's the thing. Um, 
But uh, as time went on, as I got into high school and everything, I, I thought Norm was the funniest guy alive. I didn't really follow too many comedians. I knew about Chappelle from Half Baked. Uh, wasn't wasn't really too big in the stand up. I liked Jim Brewer a lot. He was very funny, but you know, watching like clips of Norm Macdonald on YouTube, and I want to say like two thousand eight, maybe two thousand seven, like like going on YouTube watching clips of him, and uh, you know, hearing people talk about him on Howard Stern. You know, Artie Lang had great stories. Jim Brewer had an awesome, actually a couple awesome stories about Norm on SNL. I'd definitely recommend checking those out. And uh, I, uh, I was like, I need to see this this guy live. So after my freshman year in college, I went to school in Pennsylvania. And, um, on my way home, I convinced my dad to make a pit stop in New York City to see Norm. My dad loved, uh, going into the city anyways, so it ended up working out. Um, so I saw Norm at Caroline's, I want to say it was May of 2009. Caroline's on Broadway, it's a comedy club. I think it's still around. I don't think the pandemic shut it down, but uh, I remember, uh, you know, the the guy who opened for Norm was not that great. He kind of bombed, actually, and he was getting heckled by someone in the audience. Not terribly, but uh, <laughs> he uh, he was pausing a lot in between jokes. Like, maybe he was, you know, taking his time, whatever. I, I don't know. But uh, someone in the audience was like, all right, keep them coming. <laughs> the uh, comedian went on New York on him like, hey, you know, I'll, I'll do what I want. Uh, yeah, you could tell he was struggling. He kind of felt bad for him. It was a little awkward. I wonder if that guy's still doing comedy now. I, I do not know who it was. But uh, as this was going on, we, uh, my dad and I were kind of in the back. This was actually like my first comedy show at a comedy club because I saw Jim Brewer live. That was my first comedy show, but that was at that was at a college. So, but seeing uh, Norm, this is the first time I was at a comedy club, and uh, we're just in the back, and uh, we see we see Norm. We see Norm. Like, he popped his head out. He was, you know, watching in the opener and everything. He was, he was kind of, like, observing the room. <laughs> like, my dad and I were just staring at him. And uh, people didn't realize he was there. And uh, I was, like, kind of worried that Norm was going to look over and, you know, see us watching him. And, you know, he didn't catch us. Although, I mean... I don't think it would have been horrible if he did. But, uh, yeah, it was just it was cool seeing him live. I can't say I remember too many of the jokes he did. He did a good job, though. Um, I This is, like, back when I had uh, such a crappy phone, like 2009 era. 
I had the iPhone. It was around, but only like really rich people had an iPhone. So I still had my crappy flip phone, and uh, it didn't even take video. Couldn't even take videos on it. Um, but you could do uh, voice memos. So when I was at concerts, I would actually like record, like you know, part of the show. Back then, all you all you could do was just get this crappy muffled you know noise on your flip phone to remember the concert by and uh i got norm telling a joke and uh actually like thinking about it now i guess they didn't worry about it as much back then because uh you know people you know technology wasn't as big as it is now but uh, I know nowadays if they catch you like taking your phone out recording a joke, you might get in trouble. Who knows? Every club's different. Every comedian has different rules. But uh, I, I vaguely remember the joke being about a woman being lost in the woods for a while or actually like, you know, I, I, I don't know the exact details. Like I almost want to Google it and look it up, but... The the thing is, like, she was in the woods for, like, three days, and everyone was, like, looking for her, and then uh, she just kind of comes back and is just like, hey, what's going on? Why, why is everyone, like, all panicked and everything looking for me? I was just in the woods for three days. That, that, there, there's definitely way more to the joke. I'm butchering it, but, um. It's uh, it's what I remember from the show, and it was pretty funny. I remember my dad getting a kick out of it. Um, so you know, I'm glad I got to see him live once. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did not think he would be gone this soon. I mean, I think a lot of other people said they didn't even know he was sick. I mean, jeez. Uh, anyways, I <laughs> wrap this up here, but uh. Definitely uh, check out Norm on YouTube, his old clips and everything. You, uh, it'll, it'll cheer you up. It'll cheer you up. It'll cheer most of you up, I know. People who like comedy. He was, uh, he was loved by uh, many comedians. Uh, very well respected. Very interesting guy. And, uh, man, he's like, he's like an OG troll on talk shows back in the day. No, no one else was doing what he's doing. Look up Norm on YouTube. And, uh, yeah, Greeny and I uh, recorded this a little while back. We're going to talk uh, Phoenix Suns. Your guy's on this team, Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Kentucky, he's wearing he's wearing a Kentucky jersey, number one right now. Um, so we we saw a lot of them recently since they went to the finals, and uh, there's debate whether this was you know kind of a fluke because there were teams that were a bit tired from being in the bubble. And then the season starting so quickly. So the question is, is this team legit? 
or not? I think they are. I think Devin Booker took a huge step this past season. Um, first time in the playoffs, and he looked pretty good. That That's pretty impressive. First time in the playoffs, making the finals. He had uh, help from Chris Paul, who was re-signed. Man, how about that contract? So he's making $30 million this year. $28 million the next year. $30 million in 23-24. And then $30 million again in 24-25. I think he was born in 1985. So he's going to be making $30 million when he's 40. Or at least close to 40. Wow. That's impressive. I mean... Hats off to him. People thought he was he was done after that second season in Houston. Not the case. Not the case. He's uh, he's had a very nice uh, career resurgence. Playing very well in OKC. Suns made a smart trade acquiring him. And uh, yeah, CP3 has parlayed that into another max contract. Uh, just didn't seem possible a while ago. I think at one point there was like there were three max contracts for uh, veteran point guards that teams were were just like, oh god, these are gonna end up being horrible. And it was Chris Paul, Russell Westbrook, and John Wall. And people kept going back and forth, which one's the worst? Uh, uh, the at one point I think everyone thought it was Chris Paul after getting injured in Houston and then it was Westbrook like oh yeah and then Westbrook has a good season Lakers snatch him so now it's definitely John Wall that's uh, the worst out of the three where you know it's clearly not CP3 because they extended him (laughs) And, uh, yeah, the Suns, they got uh, most of the same guys. DeAndre Ayton, I think you, we were talking about him this weekend. Saying We were talking about Greg Oden a little bit and, uh, you know, how we th- we thought that this is, like, DeAndre Ayton is what people had hoped that Greg Oden would That's be. exactly right. Yeah. And, um... You know, he was not looking like the the best number one pick his rookie year after his rookie season. I mean, it didn't help that he was in the same draft as Luka, Trey Young. Uh, but now it, it looks like he's going to be in this league for years to come. He's going to be an important player for the time being on a uh, team that made the finals. So... Uh, it, interesting that he hasn't gotten a contract extension yet. I mean, maybe he will have got one by the time we release this episode. We're recording this uh, September 19th, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Jay Crowder's back. God, that guy, he didn't have a single break, really, from... from Going to the finals in the bubble, maybe he had like a month month off, if that, and then uh, 
goes to the Suns, new team, plays pretty much the whole season, and then goes back to the finals. So, And he was great in the playoffs and also in the finals. He really stepped up for that team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's... Uh, He's, he's great. Uh, we liked him a lot in Boston. It was, uh, you know, not the not the storybook ending. Uh, he was so angry with Gordon Hayward coming because fans were chanting that when Crowder was still on the team, Hayward, you know, visiting back when he was on the Jazz, and people were chanting like, "Come to Boston." But at one point, it seemed like they were both going to be on the team together because we signed Payward in free agency. And Brad Stevens was even doing interviews saying like how he was going to incorporate both Jay Crowder and uh, Gordon Hayward. And then like weeks later, Crowder ends up in the Kyrie Irving deal with Isaiah Thomas. So, I mean, it's, uh, you know, I, I love to see that... Uh, our former Celtic guys are uh, helping out uh, finals teams. I mean, Crowder, even uh, Abdel Nader is on this, is still on this team. They re-signed him, and uh, he, I mean, he didn't do a ton. He, just, he didn't start like Jay Crowder did. He's not playing twenty to thirty minutes a game, but uh, solid piece. They seem to like him a lot. Uh, Saric, he got hurt in the playoffs, but he'll be coming back. Uh, Cameron Payne, they re-signed. I thought he was going to get a much bigger contract than what he got. I thought he was going to at least get like $10 million a, a year. You know, he, he had some really incredible games in the playoffs last year. Um, the one game Chris Paul was out, he, he really stepped it up. But he only only got six point five million a year for three years. So it's about eighteen million three years. Mikhail Bridges, of course, is back. Mikhail Bridges, Cameron Johnson, they uh, they they have been great for this team. Those are like some. Perfect rookie contract guys that uh, have just really filled in the void for, uh, you know, when the stars are on the bench and everything, doing a lot of the dirty work, hitting their threes. A lot of people thought the Cameron Johnson pick was a reach back in, I think that was, was it 2018? I think, I think that was 2018. Might have been 2019. Might have been 2019. It was uh, the same year as um, the guy in the Bulls. I always forget his name. I forgot his name on another podcast, too. They were teammates in college. Kobe White. Kobe White, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I remember they were interviewing Kobe White during the draft, and they're like, hey, your guy just got picked. He's... Kobe White seems shot to like, well, he got picked that high? Okay. <laughs> seems like Cameron Johnson's the, the the better player almost in the pros. At least he's helping out playoff teams. Kobe White can't say the same. They, uh, they have Jalen Smith, who really didn't do much this year. Probably just going to give him another shot, you know. 
sometimes it takes a couple years for these rookies to uh, to adjust these young bucks. So we'll see. They, I mean, they didn't. They really didn't have a backup center when Sarich went out. But hey, props to Frank Kaminsky. He he stepped it up in that last finals game. I was shocked watching that. I was like, wow, he's like actually making good plays in a meaningful game. Now, uh, why does this not happen more often during the regular season, Frank? Um, so, I guess uh, he was able to get himself another contract after probably that one game playing that well. So he's back on the Suns. JaVale McGee is on the Suns now. Big advocate signing him. Olympian JaVale McGee. Olympian JaVale McGee. Yeah, not too many American big men that we we could just, you know, bring overseas to uh, compete. It's A lot of the big men are, um, you know, from outside the U.S. in the NBA. So, uh, McGee, very athletic still, even at his age. I think he's like 34 now, maybe. Uh, 33. I think he was born in 88. So, CP3 really wanted him on this team. Pretty interesting. I I guess um, maybe it was the... I'm trying to... To think, did the Suns play the Nuggets this plat this last playoff round? Either way, that it it was when CP3 was playing one of JaVale McGee's teams in the playoffs that CP3's like, oh, this this guy's this guy's valuable. We we could use him. So CP3 recruited him. He is on the team, one year contract, five million dollars. Javon Carter is gone, traded to the Brooklyn Nets. The Suns get Landry Shamit. So Shamit, he's a guy you can play for at least 20 minutes or so. Not going to be detrimental to the team at all. He's you know, going to make plays. I saw him play in that Game 7 of uh, the Bucks nets series. He didn't really do much in that game. But, yeah, you can throw him out there in a playoff game. And he's cheap. $3.7 million. It's How many times has he got traded? Jeez. So he was on the Sixers. It's traded to the Clippers. It's traded to the Nets. Now he's on the Suns. He And I, I'm pretty sure he's still on his rookie contract, too. It seems like he's produced everywhere he's been, though. He's yeah. gotten minutes. He's not been, yeah, like you said, detrimental to the team in any way. He's... Filled his role and done a nice job. Yeah, it's, it's just strange, I guess. People, playoff teams are just, you know, wanting him on the roster because he, he's cheap and, hey, maybe he'll find a permanent home here in Phoenix. Um, yeah, because the bench was getting kind of thin once Sarich went out. They opted not to bring back Etwan Moore, which I, I thought Etwan could have played more in the playoffs. It's like this guy was starting on the Pelicans a couple years back. And um, he can hit shots. He can play some defense. It was shocking. He ended up going to the Magic. 
second stint there. And uh, another guy that they brought back for his second stint, Alfred Payton. <laughs> you can say it. You can say it. It's <laughs> I just rolled my eyes and went, oh, man. <laughs> like, oh, my God. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, NBA fans share the same sentiment. I know Nick fans do. Yep. <laughs> He, uh, God, just was not that great on the Knicks. What disappointment. I think he was a top 10 pick. I think the Magic gave up. Actually, Peyton and Saric are on the same team. I think they were traded for each other in the 2014 draft. Oh, boy. Reunion. Well, I guess. What a duo. You want to call it that? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty funny now. Um, the Peyton, he was on the Magic for years. He had the the you know Eugene from Hey Arnold hair. Not that uh, not that great. He was like a decent passer, but it's, uh, I mean, he's stuck in the league. But you know, it's just like pretty. Eh. Don't really. Not well-liked in the league, I'll say that. Definitely not well-liked. And here's an interesting name that they brought on for a two-way contract, a former first-round pick, Chandler Hutchinson. Whatever happened with him? Is he kind of a bust? Yep, I'd say so if he's on a two-way contract now. He was on the Wizards last year, am I right? Yes, so drafted by the Bulls, 2018, uh, 22nd pick. And uh, first season, started 14 games, played in 44, averaged like 5.2 points a game. And uh, next season actually averages 7.8 points a game, uh, but only plays in 28 games. So it seemed like it was health that was really holding him back. He... um, he suffered an acute injury to a sesamoid, probably saying that wrong, uh, bone in his right foot. And, uh, yeah, it kept him out for a while. He ended up in um, the uh, the Washington-Chicago deal. What was that again? He was... oh Daniel yeah. Gafford? Daniel Gafford, yeah, Daniel Tice was in that deal. So that involved us, actually. Mo Wagner ended up coming to our team. He was on the Wizards. And, uh, yeah, he didn't really do anything in Washington. Actually averaged 5.2 points a game, so not not the end of the world. Started one game. But, uh, yeah, Wizards could have had him again this year, and they just said, no thanks. So, yeah, it's surprising no teams really wanted to sign him to a regular contract. So, Phoenix is like, hey, this guy is eligible to be a two-way player. Come aboard. Come aboard. I always, it's it's interesting when the playoff teams will do that. They'll find, like, the best guy available who's played for, like, three years or under. Because I think... 
once you play four years in the NBA, you're not eligible to be a two-way player. But, you know, if, if these guys aren't able to find a roster spot in um, in the NBA, they'll and they're probably not going to want to go overseas. They'd rather just, you know, hop onto a playoff roster. That's what happened with Justin Jackson in um, for the Milwaukee Bucks. He ended up winning a ring, even though he barely played. So, uh, yeah, it's probably Hutchinson's thinking. He could probably make more money overseas. But it's like, no, I want to I be in the NBA. It's uh, everyone's dream to be in the NBA. Who cares if I'm making only $50,000 a year? <laughs> I think that's what they make. They don't make much. So... He, uh, he goes to the Suns. Let's see if they can do anything with him. We shall see. Uh, Dayron Sharp? No, he's on the Nets. These picks, they get traded so often. Um, so that's really the squad. I, uh... I think this will be a good team. It's interesting. We just talked about the Clippers. I'm trying to think who who will have the better roster. I mean, the the better record this year. I'm gonna say the Suns. I'm gonna say the Suns. That's my guess. The Kawhi injury, not looking great. Um. Oh, Tory Craig. Yeah, he didn't come back. He ended up going to the Pacers. He was kind of big for them in the playoffs. He had some uh, nice... Okay, so the trade was Landry Shamit went to Phoenix. Javon Carter, Dayron Sharp went to the Brooklyn Nets. That was that trade. So let's let's do a little lurking here, Greeny. We're going to go to the Suns Reddit page. We're going to spy on the Phoenix Suns. What are they talking about? Interesting. <laughs> they posted a Spider-Man meme of Peter Parker about to put on his glasses. Seeing Landry Shamit, he puts on his glasses... And it's Trey Young. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of do look alike. Similar similar uh, facial structure. Uh, what else? What else? They're posting Amari Stoudemire's Rookie of the Year <laughs> mixes. Okay. Uh, all right. Here's a quote from JaVale McGee. Every big man that has ever played with Chris Paul has done well. I just feel like Chris Paul is definitely the head of the snake, and he's definitely going to lead us to the finals again. So they like each other a lot. Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Uh, yeah, this is hacky. I know, guys. Kendall Jenner. Still in a relationship with Devin Booker, even though he lost the finals. That is love right there. 
I'm going to say this to you, and we talked about this very briefly, I think a couple months ago, when you clued me in that they were together. I swear, watching one of the Clippers and Suns playoff games this year, after Patrick Beverly fouled Devin Booker on one play, he said to him, how's your girl? (laughs) I swear I read lips, and that's what Beverly said to Booker. I could be wrong, but I swear I saw that. It looked like that's what he mouthed? Yes. Oh, he 100% said that then. (laughs) Yeah, no, I believe that, especially coming from Beverly. And I had no clue who his girl was at the time. You clued me in later on, but I remembered when you told me that. I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) That's what's going on here. That's hilarious. Yeah, no, they're still together. So, I mean, that's more media exposure for, for Booker. But, uh, you know, Kardashians, they can really put you through the the ringer with uh, the media. <laughs> uh, there's a, a curse, apparently. I guess it's not a... It's Kendall Jenner, so she's not technically a Kardashian, but she is. So, I don't know. She was with Blake Griffin at one point. It's with... Uh, Simmons? Swiss Simmons, I think. Maybe Kuzma. Yeah, Kuzma's probably not good enough for her. Uh, but yeah, they've been together for a hot minute, and uh, the, yeah, I'm seeing like media reports, like, uh, oh, like, uh, I'm so jealous of. Uh, my sister having a baby. I want a baby too. And Kendall. Oh my uh, god. Good luck, Devin. Flex from Jersey on Twitter. Doesn't seem like a a media source, but uh they are saying that the Suns would like to get Thaddeus Young on the team and the deal would be Jalen Smith and Dario Saric. Where is Thaddeus Young right now? He's on the Spurs, so he was in the DeRozan sign and trade. Oh, okay. <laughs> the look, the look you gave when I said he was on the Spurs. I remember him on the Bulls. Yeah, he was on the Bulls. So it's so weird. They do all these sign and trades in the off season now. It's it's like not what they did five years ago. It happens. It used to happen like once or twice in off season, but now it seems like every player who changes teams even if they're a free agent they end up doing a sign and trade i uh i I think it has to do with uh teams wanting to appease players agents and everything it's it's gotten out of hand i'll say that so you know before it was kind of like why why should i give this team a draft pick if you know i can just sign their free agent player outright but and then it's like oh you know you can get a trade exception oh maybe you can get a a second round pick out of it oh my client you know he doesn't want to leave you guys high and dry like Kevin Durant did and OKC um so yeah it's out of hand but that would that would be a good pickup for them Thad Young on the Suns they should do that they should do that I don't know why the Spurs would do it. Maybe maybe they like Saric, 
the Spurs are kind of rebuilding at this point anyways, so getting a young guy like Jalen Smith probably makes more sense. So we'll see if that ends up happening. And, um, yeah, I think we're going to we're gonna have another good team this year. The West is going to be very, very competitive. And um, this is, uh, I mean, I just... I just mentioned uh, the Clippers being a top five team in the West in the previous podcast that uh, we just recorded an hour ago. <laughs> and um, now I, I think I'm going to say the Suns are probably also going to be a top five team. So, oh man, that's a, that's a lot of teams I've already talked about. So the Lakers are probably in there, I guess. The Jazz. Who, el- who else is really good in the West? Nuggets. Nuggets have MVP, Jokic. So, should be an interesting year. Looking forward to the season. Greeny, thank you for coming on. No doubt about it, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Who do you think will be better, the Suns or the Clippers? Well, I'll just say this one thing about the Suns uh, that really impressed me this past season and probably will transfer over into next year, too, since they kept their core together. Um I really like their approach entering the playoffs, whereas at the end of the regular season, you had the Clippers kind of maybe tanking some games to try to avoid the Lakers, it seemed like. Mm -hmm. And the Phoenix Suns were just like, hey, we're going to have to face these guys at some point anyway. Why not in the first round? Let's just knock them out now. And I really respected that approach, and I think it did wonders for them as far as their confidence goes throughout the rest of the playoffs once they knocked off the champs. And I think that approach is going to really stick with them and probably lend them to a lot of success in future years, maybe not just this year. So I would definitely say the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. No, it's almost like good karma, you know. You're trying to tank tank games, figure out the playoff seeding, avoiding teams. It seems like uh, it bit the Clippers in the ass in the end. And the Suns were just like, hey, whatever. It also, it, it makes, I talked about this yesterday with you, that it makes the Milwaukee Bucks uh, playoff championship run this past year even more impressive uh, going against the Heat, who they lost to in the bubble. I think they got nearly swept. Uh, maybe they won a game. Can't quite remember. And then uh, playing the Brooklyn Nets, juggernaut team. And then uh, and they played the Hawks and uh, yeah won the finals against the Suns very impressive so we will move on to the movie of the week right after this this week's movie is from 1957 it's called Attack of the Puppet People oh no the puppet people oh no they're coming i don't know what to do all right what first well the poster is cooler than the movie for one thing also it's not really a horror movie i mean there's nothing sinister in it it's pretty light-hearted for the most part um so the scoop on this is there's a new office assistant 
at a big dog company. She starts working there. She realizes that the dolls that are on display at the office are actually people. Before you know it, both her and her strong-jawed boyfriend are shrunk down Wayne Zielinski style. Now, surely the makers of Honey, We Shrunk the Kids had this title and likely a few more in mind when making that big Disney blockbuster. I mean, the machine in this even looks similar to what they used in uh, Honey, We Shrunk the Kids. By the way, favorite Epcot ride that no longer exists? Honey, We Shrunk the Audience. So good. So good. Love it. The the mice on your feet. Oh, I don't know how they did that, but it, it freaked me the heck out. Okay. So the puppeteer... Uh, marionette guy possibly doll maker whatever the guy who owns the doll company he's putting on a show and he plans on using the little dolls that are actually people which is a terrible idea because even if he attaches strings to these people it would be so clear that these aren't puppets uh, you can clearly tell they're they're people that are, you know, tied up, have strings on them. There's so many plot holes going on here, including the title. These puppets, for one thing, aren't puppets. They're just miniature people. And we're told via the title that they'd be attacking. They're not assaulting anyone. They are imprisoned. A couple at the beginning of the movie ends up with uh, a bunch of other people that this crazy puppeteer dude shrunk. And uh, they end up getting brought to a show towards the end of the movie. You know, the, the boyfriend of uh, the new office assistant lady who gets shrunk uh, is uh, played by John Agar, who was also in a... Much, 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 much better movie called Tarantula, which I actually mentioned in the last episode. So, anywho, John Agar gets brought onto the puppet stage while this creepy puppeteer guy is he's playing with one of his marionettes. It's, it's an actual marionette. It's not a small person. And he's trying to get these miniature people to act on stage the the little stage with this marionette tries tries to get these people to say their lines act with uh this human-sized marionette i mean it's human-sized but the filmmakers you know make it look like uh both the actors and the marionette are miniature um but the marionette, it was actually the creepiest part of the movie. And then it was immediately followed by the funniest part of the movie when John Agar just starts to beat the shit out of this marionette and breaking it apart. Um, uh, something about humans beating up life-size dummies is just always comedy gold, in my opinion. 
Anyways, the the couple, they uh, they get away, they run away, and uh, yeah, the lady says to John Agar, she's like, "Hey, what what about the others?" <laughs> and the guy's just like, "Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll call for help." <laughs> so, uh, and the two of them, they almost get mauled by a giant dog outside when they're escaping i mean the dog looks gigantic it's actually a decent effect where the the miniature people are in the same shot as the dog um they are able to get back to the machine make themselves life-size again and then they slowly walk away and i don't know where the puppeteer the professor whatever you want to call them comes back and says, no, don't leave me, no. The end. Seriously, that's it. That, that's how it ends. It's, it's horrible. Like, at least, at least, like, you know, give the, the puppeteer guy something he deserves. Like, shrink him or something. Kill him. Maybe kill him. Maybe uh, actually save the people you two abandoned. Because we... It's complete cliffhanger. These people just walk away and that's it. Horrible. Not scary at all. Why is this even labeled a horror movie? It's just a silly sci-fi movie that uh, apparently changed the course of U.S. history. The lookout... Assigned to watch the Watergate building for the Republicans. Uh, this is the, it was one of those elections in the 70s. Um, so this guy, he's supposed to be looking out for, you know, his, his buddies. His buddies are inside the building. They're wiretapping the, the Democratic uh, convention, well, I guess, which was at the Watergate building. They're... Know, trying to to spy on the Democrats, get some information and use it against them. And the guy, the the lookout guy, doesn't realize that the police are coming. And the police are like, ah, who are these damn kids that just broke inside the building? Ah, let's check this out. Meanwhile, the lookout is supposed to alert. His buddies, when people are entering the building, but he's too distracted because he was watching Attack of the Puppet People. This is not a bit. This was actually why. Look it up. Look it up. He was watching Attack of the Puppet People. If only this guy wasn't so busy whacking off to this movie, Richard Nixon might have become president again. And change the course of history. So hats off to this movie for preventing that. But uh, it's still a sucky movie. And I'm giving it the tier one rating. Don't bother at all. Stay away. I'm Sam Kane. Here's the hip hop of the week. Enjoy. Right up.
up, step right up. Come one, come all. Come and see the masters of the puppets. The puppeteers. Watch as they amaze you with what they make the puppets do. <laughs> this is coming to you directly from the soul assassins. No strings attached. <laughs> Dr. Dre and be real are providing the verbal abuse. 
Any unauthorized duplication without the consent of my nigga mugs may be fatal. That's right. This is coming to you directly from the hill, y'all. All rights reserved. Hey, what up, man? It's me. Um, Just calling to see if possible if you have any time today or within the next couple of days if, if you're in the studio or if you're at home or car whatever that song that is called trying or something mace was telling me that i needed to hear he said it was amazing Whew, the way he was talking man i want to hear it Another lost in the pack. We call shack shit, you know, laugh it off. The years just blow by. My eyes stay fixed, but the picture's kinda out of focus. I cry a lot, but admit to it. Enjoying life now, but I've been through it. Sometimes I wish that I can go back. No bills, no kids, just getting towed back. I want a wife, I love women. How could I front like I don't be in love with them? A little man that I can teach, a little sand. But not the beach I figure excess I only bring an excessive amount of fuss So when I'm gone Make sure the headstone reads He did it for us I'm like a modern day Jesus I cherish warm thoughts Like a great goose And float soft kisses To my baby that day's little girl Yeah, respect for that She gonna be somebody Instead of somebody Baby mama You see young minds And now I made an armor I'm trying to pop a hole in your Yankee cap. Absorb me. The skies over your head ain't safe no more. And hip-hop ain't your home. And if it is, you fucking up the crib, son. You make life look like I don't want to live one. You might as well hold your breath until you die in the corner somewhere. Bent over in the crevice. This God theory overcomes the worst of weathers. As long as you're willing to try. You want a good start, homie. You want a good start. So you get to try well, are you ready? Yes, we're ready? Are you really ready? We wanna be ready. Ready for the change that may approach you? Yeah. Follow down the path that you're supposed to. Yeah. People, are you ready? Yes, we're ready? Are you really ready to try? We wanna try. You know mistakes are trials that we learn from. Yeah. In order to live life, you must earn one. Yeah. People, are you ready? Throughout my change to grow, some of my people got left behind. They didn't listen for the gun as I leap from off the line. 13 years deep in this marathon I'm running. Paid dues and still got bills to pay. When I came back around the way, old friends gave me dead eyes and fake smiles half wide. We were supposed to rid the world of danger. These days we not had the small talk like polite strangers. It's natural to fall off, just land close to the tree. I'll be there if they need me to be. And I know all my local shorties, cause they all know who I am. And lately wanna flip grammar instead of grams like that's the only choice they got. They tell me how they gonna shake up the game, but came to me to see if I can give them guidance to change. Shit, y'all, I need guidance myself. And I chisel right words to make gems. Got fans around the world, but my girl's not one of them. And my relationship's a big question, cause my career's a clear hindrance to her progression. Said she needs a man and our kids need a father. I'm not at all ready to hear her say don't bother and break. And this I know I can't take, but uh, 
C. Smith said to hold on. My brother Luck said to hold on. My nigga Dave said to hold on. My nigga Mace said to hold on. Yo, Maceo, we need to hold on. And yo, y'all, we need to hold on. People, are you ready? For what you wanna be? Do you wanna lose hate for love? Do you wanna see these gates above? I said, people, are you ready? But are you willing to try? Do you really wanna carry some weight? Are you ready to design your fate? We make hip-hop, hip-hop, blaming out your box or your radio, aerial view of the situation on the station, yeah, the TV, CD says, I vote the people for press, fuck that rich little dummy and the shit that he says, it's just puppetry, fuckery, haven't you heard, the shit is absurd, don't trust the motherfucking word, you can believe that what we got up our sleeve will help the people achieve, and maybe relieve some tension, getting global respect like a Geneva convention, but America can't front on this perception, it's with a reckless with infectious hits, coming from action. Plus check for live. That's the name, rap's the game, facts so scratch your frame. Sorry, you're the leaving the slave. Motivating the brain and the legs and the hips, the ass. Be moving in unison like elementary class. Off to recess, peas rock to beat best. We got the crowd sweaty like a Uncle Luke freak fest. But no smut, just beats and cuts. And mad rappers on the mic getting fucked up. Yeah, politicians getting told to shut up. If you with me in the place, make noise, y'all, what up? Come to a rough rhyme and some powerful drums Run, Run. to your set then smash the TV But just do it on the count of one, two, three Back. Now there's glass all over your dome I enter your home, nigga, it's Videodrome Gun in my gut, what wanna flow is one from LS Tumago Really didn't want it though I'ma throw down the profound flows found nowhere else But here, let's get it clear You want the people screaming with their hands in the air? Look no further, we here
in the Rigo, trying to stay legal. My daughter found Nemo, I found the new Primo. Yeah, you know how we do, we do it for the people. The people said that I was sharp on TV at the Grammys. Though they tried to India, I read me. Got backstage and I bumped into Stevie. He said, no matter what, the people gon' see me. Can't leave rap alone, the streets need me. Hunger in their eyes is what seemed to feed me. Inside peace mixed with beef seemed to breed me. Nobody believed till I believed me. Business with my guys, business realized, music affected lives, a gift from the skies to be recognized. I'm keeping my eyes on the people, that's the prize. For unsung hero, riding in the Rigo, trying to stay legal. My daughter found Nemo, I found the new Primo. Yeah, you know how we do, we do it for the people. From Inglewood to a single hood in Botswana. I see the iron weed, my yours is my trauma. Standing in front of the judge with no honor. My rap's ignite the 